You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. The only people for me are the mad ones. The world is filled with the boring and the barely conscious. Misery loves company. But we don't have to live this way. Jessica and I are here to talk to those the system rejects, to radicals and thought criminals. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but push the boundaries of acceptable discourse. Those who stare reality in the face and dare it to be different. History isn't made by the timid, and fun is not had by the perpetually afraid. We are the Mad Ones. So let's get to it. Welcome to the Uh, Mad Ones. I love that intro. You know, I try so hard. I wrote it so well. But yeah, welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm your refined white trash host, Cam Harless. And with me, as always, is your favorite feral housewife, Miss Jessica Green, a.k.a. Soup Can. Today, <laughs> we are, are joined by an incredible special guest. This man is an entrepreneur, an author, an unmatched podcast host on two shows, Hotep's Been Told Ya, and Sharp Conversations with Hotep Jesus. You may have seen him on Unregistered with Thaddeus Russell, The Joe Rogan Experience, and most importantly, You're Welcome with Michael Malice. The man is a force of nature, and we're incredibly excited to have him with us. It's your boy, Hotep Jesus. How you doing, man? What's up? What's up, people? How y'all? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love that intro, man. (laughs) I I always love writing the intros because I'm like... So with, with you, I wanted to write everything you do because you do so much stuff. And uh, I just like, I, I, you know, I like laying it on thick. I like you to feel like I really like you before you, <laughs> you come on the show. And I do. Uh, that's what's funny is um, when uh, the reason you're on the show was because of something that uh, I, I was on Twitter and there were some people on Twitter trashing hotups. And I was like, I don't understand this. Every time I've talked to a Hotep ever, it's been a good experience. And I was like, I'd love to talk to Hotep Jesus sometime. And you were like, hey, man, set it up. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah, (laughs) let's do it. Yeah. So uh, how are things going? Life is marvelous, to say the least. Um, (laughs) Feeling great, man. Feeling great. (laughs) Good. Uh, This is Jessica, by the way. She's hey, uh, Jessica. my co-host. It's, it's, I'm honored to meet you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. <laughs> the pleasure um, is all mine. But yeah, that was that was one of my questions when, you know, that ended up making this conversation happen was every time I've personally looked up Hotep, it's taken me in no good direction. Like it's never been like, oh, I understand what this is now. It's like there's this one video by I think it's called The Root uh, Smart Brothers or something. And like the whole time he's just talking down about Hotep. He's talking down about and, and one of the things and I know what being ashy is. You know, I've been around. I've, I'm from I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I know enough black people to know what ashy means. But what the hell do they mean when they say you carry around ash? Do you do you know? Because <laughs> I don't I don't get it, dude. <laughs> um, it's just basically saying ashy. It's just uh, okay. Yeah, hyperbolic. 
Okay. Because yeah. I was listening and I was like, I don't know what you mean by that. The yeah, crazy thing about just... that video is that it's two minutes long and declares itself the only video you need to understand Hotep's. And I'm like, really? You're going to explain this in two minutes and 17 seconds? And then it ended. And I was like, I don't understand this any more than I did when it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, that's how the left plays. Yeah. For sure. Well, and that, and there was one video that I watched because I, I tried to understand it. I tried to go to hotepnation.com and it just wouldn't come up. And yeah, so uh, I cursed out my hosting guy and <laughs> oh. told him to I send didn't... me a backup of my site so I can host it my damn self because he's bullshitting. No. Well, I didn't know no. if it was like a troll or not. Oh, yeah. No, it's fucking <laughs> because, down and I'm pissed off. Yeah. Oh. Because that, cause I, I tried to go there because I was like, you know, because, okay, so I when I went to college, Oh, there's one story I want to tell you. But um, when I when I went to college, I met some people who are now very much in like the woke, lefty, progressive black movements, like the BLM yeah. types. Yeah. And I have tried to like, first off, when uh, my friend got into that kind of sub, I don't even know, subsect of you know, black rights, leftism, et cetera. Like I would ask him questions and he would make fun of me or call me racist for asking him questions. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm just trying to understand. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I just want to know what the hell you're talking about. Because right. every time I come up and ask questions, it's like, you know, black people aren't required to answer your questions. Mm. I'm mm. like, sure. But we went to college together. <laughs> Maybe you yeah. can help a brother out. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of questions were you asking? Well, this was back in like 2014, mm -hmm. 2013, 2014. When it was when um, it was really when the Mike Brown incident happened mm -hmm. and the BLM really started picking up. And I had just asked him, I said, I, I was asking Andre, I said, so why is it that in, via marketing, not necessarily ideology. Why with marketing did you go with Black Lives Matter rather than starting with All Lives Matter and trying to bring everyone with you on this this thing? And it wasn't, it, this was before everyone was going, Black Lives Don't Matter, All Lives Matter. It was just like, this is what I would do if I wanted to get the maximum number of people to, to talk to me about this is, you know, because there are plenty of people who get killed by cops that are not black either. And so it's like, it was just a marketing question. And he got furious with me. And I was like, mm. I'm just wondering, man. <laughs> mm. 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 So if I asked you that, what would you say? Man, you, you <laughs> you know, I'm a marketing guy, right? Yeah. Well, all right. So... <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> First of all, you didn't read the room. Well, he came to me, so I wasn't even trying still, to go into it. Still, still. You read the yeah. room wrong. Okay. okay. You know, um, I get, I, I can't even say I get what you were trying to say, because if I was trying to market for my people, how does all lives matter make sense? Right. Well, and I think that that was probably my misunderstanding is because I went in with the question asking about because I've, I'm I'm an anarchist. You know, I am against the government thugs killing anyone. Mm -hmm. 
And so when I go to talk about these things, I want to just bash the police. I want to bash the state. I want to say, hey, killing people is not okay. And so I didn't I didn't bring an identity question to it. It was literally just a. Yeah. But how did you how do you how do you how do you think calling the, the movement, you know, Mike Brown gets shot, murdered, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, they're all black men that get shot. Why do you think All Lives Matter would work better? I don't know if it would. This was, you know, eight years ago, something like but you, that. But, you know, you, you tried to rationalize it before you said it would cater to everyone and you'd get everyone to your cause. Right. Right. Is that your, is that your rationale? Well, my, my rationale would be, because like I said, I, I come at it from an anti-state, anti-cop platform rather like that's where my brain goes because you know i you know when i list all of the people killed by the state let me ask you this let me ask you this who do you think is more likely to get harassed by police in america white people or black people black people yeah black people for sure Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we we're on that same page. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, and I think that my misunderstanding is because I don't, I don't lead with my identity, and maybe that is a privilege. Maybe I'm coming in without understanding the it situation. It is a privilege. It's not really yeah. a privilege. It's more like a luxury. Okay. okay. You know, and so black, like me- in America, like you kind of got to wear that. You know what I mean? It's like shit. You just know you got to deal with. It's kind of like being a woman. <laughs> it's kind of like right. it's kind of like being born with red hair and freckles it's kind of like being born handicapped you know in the majority society or whatever is deemed the powerful entity is going mm-hmm. to enjoy the most luxury now we're all pretty much screwed by the state but some yeah. of us are higher up in this hierarchy of whatever Screwing. yeah mm-hmm. so you know when these people speak out you know the last thing they want to hear is all lives matter because it's like it's not you getting your ass kicked it's us <laughs> you know if a white man has a problem with a cop you know more <laughs> more than likely uh he'd be all right you know what i mean yeah. uh, a black guy with a cop should we nervous yeah. cop us over you know what I'm saying? Part of it's got a lot to do with the conditioning. A lot of it has to do with just actually having that black experience. I live yeah. in a liberal state and I'm here to tell you that it feels like I live in fucking KKKville. Hmm. And it's been a blue state my whole life. It's born in, in 1980. It's been a blue state my entire life. That I can remember at least. And I've dealt with racism my entire life. I've dealt with mistreatment from police officers. You know, I've had white friends come and like resolve shit for me, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the experience you're speaking to. I don't think, first of all, let me just say, I don't think Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter is a great, great, great slogan. And I don't think All Lives Matter is a great slogan. Mm-hmm. These things are knowns and constants. If yeah. you have any sort of consciousness about life you know all lives matter you know black lives matter if you're a decent person right (laughs) Right. i believe that a better slogan was black power yeah that's completely different than black lives matter black lives matter sounds very feminine sounds like you have given up the fight correct so 
when you when you chose the alternative, all lives matter. Like I said, when you read the room, that just comes off racist to black people. Not okay. to me. It to me, it just comes off like ignorant, naive, mm. naive ignorant, yeah. rude. But like rude because it's just like, damn, like you really don't see like what's going on out here. Like you not peeping the game, you know. So it's like. It's like it's almost as if you took your life experience and said this is everybody's life experience. Mm-hmm. I have a certain life experience just from wearing dreadlocks. Right. Yeah. Amongst my own people, right? Now that's mm-hmm. a choice. So the difference between that and being black is you don't got no choice unless yeah. you go Sammy Sosa and start bleaching your skin. <laughs> right. But colorism is something that has existed for a very long time. When we look at something like the NAACP. Mm-hmm. NAACP was dealing in colorism. They wouldn't have no black people in there as dark as me. Everybody in there was near passing white. This is how the white liberals was operating. You had to be near passing white. This is something that Marcus Garvey brought up in his fight for um, black power in America and abroad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the white liberal we're talking about yeah. that was funding our movements. So my problem comes back to the fact that the problems with the white psyche mm-hmm. are screwed. At least from where I'm sitting. Mm-hmm. They believe right now we are in civilization. They believe that by colonizing the world and bringing in their industry and factories and technology, they are some reason better than previous civilizations. Mm-hmm. But this modern civilization doesn't even know how to respect nature, doesn't even know how to respect the planet that we live on. They ask, if these things are so great, how come black people didn't invent them? And I said, maybe because we didn't want to invent something that harmed the earth. Hmm. Maybe because we were trying to figure out how to do it in such a way that it wouldn't harm the earth. You know what the cost of a, a cell phone is? Yeah. Expensive well, there are, at this point. It's uh, not only uh, the African uh, Africans' life. Yes, and the mi- the mining camps are are uh, death camps. Somebody's life is the cost mm-hmm. of this cell phone. Mm-hmm. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Everybody thinks that their uh, their their conception of modern life is truth is supreme. I think that there's definitely something to be said for what you're talking about, a white ideology. I think such a thing does exist. And you see in the immigrant groups that were coming to the United States when they would come from Ireland and uh, from Italy, these people had to adopt this sort of, uh, they had to own this idea of themselves as white to be brought into acceptable society in America, in early America. Yeah. And what they feared most was what they called miscegenation, which Mm -hmm. is that these groups were mixing with, because they, when they would come, they would be poor. So they would stay in the tenements with black folks. With black folks. Right. Exactly. And so because these groups were mixing, Irish women were mixing with black men and it was called miscegenation. It scared the hell out of these people. They feared it more than anything. And that's why they created laws to separate people these people and these people had to take an, a mental identity of mm-hmm. whiteness and yeah. Italians gave up their identity as Italian mm-hmm. 
to mm. become white so that they could mm. sort of move up in American society. Mm. Irish, you know, and I, I, I come from Italian Irish people. So this is sort mm. of just my speaking to my experience and mm. gave up their essential sort of cultures mm -hmm. in order to become American. And so mm. there is part of the American story mm. of these two Americas, mm -hmm. one of the proper America, the, the America, the, the sort of white identity America, and then the rest of us who kind of came and filled in the cracks and built the railroads and built, you know, the systems of industry yeah. and all of these things. Yeah. So um, I, I agree that there is a white mentality that was sort of foisted on people yeah. and it was delineated by tone of skin, mm -hmm. but you know, like, and that when does, we, when we look at, make, when we look at when they freed the slaves, when we look at Brown versus board of education, mm -hmm. both of these things weren't about educating or bringing rights to black people. It was about making black people more white. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was about assimilation, cultural assimilation. And that's what people call civilization these days. You adapting to the way I live. No, yeah. the way you live is savage. No, don't live like that. Mm -hmm. Come participate in this society and live how right. we live. Dress how we dress. And if you don't dress like we dress, you don't talk like we talk, then there's something wrong with you. This is just the American way of thinking. This is the Western yeah. world yep. of thinking. But right. this isn't, this wasn't created by black people. <laughs> this, mm -hmm. this is a white psyche. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself, what's going on in the white psyche that we can't live in harmony with the earth, but they believe that destroying the earth and not living in harmony with earth is civilization. This right. isn't civilization we're living under. This is uncivilization. This is uncivilized way of life. We just had Joe Biden take office after all his promises mm -hmm. and he murdered 20 plus people overseas. Mm -hmm. We still don't know the innocent casualties of that bombing. We have as, as soon as he was able to, the moment have, he was able to do it. We have centralization of power under the League of Nations, which grows up to be the United Nations. Mm -hmm. We have this idea of globalization and conquering and imperialism that yep. is spearheaded from the hardly a continent called Europe. I don't even know how you can call it a continent. It's so small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of attached to other continents <laughs> it's so small I mean it's so small it fits inside the United States I believe yeah, twice over <laughs> yeah. how is that a continent this is this is the psyche this is the white psyche mm -hmm. too right because it, it used to be called Eurasia hmm. that's what it used to be called it used to be one, one whole continent called Eurasia and then they split that thing off this is the white psyche so when you black in America and you living under this imperialist society and people come to you and tell you how you should grieve from the society that made the society the way it is, you like, I don't want to hear nothing from you, bro. You motherfuckers created this shit. I got fucking people singing the gay BCs. Gay BCs. Did you see that video? I did no, they got a little, ridiculous. a little, a little white kid. His mom is singing the gay BCs. G stands for gay. L stands for lesbian. Oh, okay. Right. Great. This is, yeah. this is just video just hit. Where did yeah. this come from? This keeps coming from the European. The Caucasoid. Yeah. 
<laughs> now we have to, and now now my people are being affected by this ideology, and they over here wilding under the badge of Black Lives Matter, and that's my problem yeah. with Black Lives Matter because Black Lives Matter was really LGBT Lives Matters in disguise. But who was yeah. paying for it? Who was fitting the bill? White the European. That's the <laughs> million dollar question. It's that's who it was. It was Europeans. Name's George Soros. Yep. Where's he from? Europe. Right. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So then somebody comes and tells me how I should grieve after I just watched Tamir Rice, a 13-year-old boy, get murdered with a toy gun in his hand. Please don't even hop out and question me. Hops out. The car's still moving and he murders a little black boy. And you tell me what I should call my movement. I'm like, hold on. How much money you got? How much did you put in to even have a say-so? Mm-hmm. Are you in the hood trying to teach black kids? Have you donated to black organizations? Have you invested in a black business? Do you even care about the problem? Or are you trying to come in and tell me how I should market this thing? I'd be highly offended too. I wouldn't get upset because I have a certain level of control. But when that brother gets upset with you of being that so naive and that so, it's just like, I can understand. I'm like, oh, yeah. you you bu- you bugging out. You said all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter. Oh my God. To me, I don't think black white people have should be able to talk about black issues at all. Mm-hmm. I think the only way you should be able to talk about black issues is if you invested. That's like saying, yo, I run a corporation and you come tell me how I should run my corporation. You're not on the board. Yeah. You didn't invest. Mm-hmm. You don't have any equity in this. So the only thing you can come is say, bro, how can I help? That's the only question you can say. How can I help? What can we do? When we look at Africa, people don't ask how they can help Africa. They just come and show up with food. They come Mm -hmm. and they take their Super Bowl T-shirts of the losing team and send it to Africa. Do you know what that does to the environment, to the um, economy? When you bring your food over, the people that provide food there are now out of business. Mm-hmm. Right. So now they're on those same hunger lines. You just put small business out of business. When you come with your T-shirts, you know what you did to the tailor, the local tailor? You just put him out of business because it's, yeah. they flood the market. It's, I've, I've seen it. I've been in Tanzania, Africa. I drove past the mounds of American shirts. Mm-hmm. Defects. We dump our garbage in Africa, destroy the local economy. You don't need shirts. There's a pile right there. You just grow crap shirts. So the local guy's out of business. Right. Yep. And everybody says, oh, I'm helping. Look at me. I just sent 20 pairs of shoes down to Africa. Africa doesn't need shoes. Africa doesn't need clothes. Africa doesn't need food. You get your food from Africa. You get your, you get your resources from Africa. There's nothing Africa needs. The one thing we need from white people is to stop helping. Yeah. (laughs) You ask me what I need. You ask me what I need. And I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Here. Here's what we need. Help us build infrastructure. Without debt. Without owning the resources under the infrastructure that you put there. Oh, you don't want to do that? Good. Then mind your business. Leave us alone. But if you're going to come help, you come and help out of the kindness of your own heart. That's how natives operated. We didn't have this thing called usury. Mm -hmm. It's a European concept. We didn't have this thing called fractional reserve banking. That's a European concept. 
So when you take all these individuals and you trap them under this economic system that puts them in debt from birth, and you tell me how to grieve after you done locked me up, and then you sent my grandfather overseas to die in the Vietnam War. You told him in World War One. You told him in World War One, Jews are Europeans. You told him in World War One what? He couldn't even fight in your army because he was black. Mm. And you had us fight a, a European war. You had us fight a war in Europe that was financed by Europeans. Mm -hmm. You screwed over the white folks in this country when you passed the Tariff Act of 1894, when you passed your 1913 acts, mm -hmm. when you imposed graduated income tax. Again, a European concept. Yep. Then you tell me how to grieve? No. You tell me what you need, I'll tell you what you need. I'll tell you, you tell me what you need, I'll tell you what I need, and then we can start an economy. Let's start, let's, let's talk on a business basis. Let's meet eye to eye at the table. This is where I am in absolute agreement with you because it's people of vastly different cultures that can interact through the market. Mm. And we needn't have this like division amongst each other because we don't need to live each other's way. Mm -hmm. We can live the way that we want to live, which might be very different from each other and then interact through the market. And mm -hmm. that will benefit both of us. But how do we yes. benefit? Both? How do we benefit both of us? And then it doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe. It's Correct. like, how are we benefiting? How are we benefiting each other? Correct. And yep. interestingly, the, uh, the, the sort of Protestant work ethic is that you can only sort of like attain self-actualization through owning your property through mm. working for what you have. And that's what's been denied to people over and over and over again through this charitable welfare system, as it calls itself. Mm -hmm. That And, you know, and this goes across color lines, of course, but we have targeted the black community mm. as far as welfare goes and prevented it targeted us with minimum wage. Mm -hmm. Okay. It targeted us with minimum wage. It. Yeah. Right. Right. White conservatives got to get their cousins. White conservatives, y'all got to get y'all cousins. They are bugging. The liberals are bugging. They, you've let your cousins get way too out of control. Because it prices people out of the market by being... Walter E. Williams wrote a book about apartheid South Africa mm -hmm. and how they wanted to uh, price black people out of the market. They imposed right. minimum wage. Black people couldn't get a, a job anymore. Right. This right. is how they price black. They did the same thing in America. They said, oh, you guys want minimum wage? Cool. Let's give them minimum wage. Knowing that's pricing them out the market. We didn't ask for minimum wage. The white liberal wanted to price us out of the market because we were making money. We were, we were coming up. And some of the labor talks, they actually cite that as the reason is to price people, price specific people, including women, out of the market. Well, we yeah. can't have these women. We can't have these black people in the market. So we need to price it high enough that you will only hire us, the 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 white men. You know, yeah. that's in their charters. You, they can be read now. So it's not mm -hmm. as though we don't know the history of where these things come from. I'm in absolute agreement with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, gun control is the same way. Yep. Yeah. I mean, well, then that's and that's one of those things that I've I've noticed. A lot is it's like when I see a white liberal when, or, you know, white liberal, like really pushing for a speci specific person or a specific ideology speaker. I always question it. And they feed that was poison. right. And, th and that's why, uh, like I my whole life, I've had the utmost respect for um, Martin Luther King Jr. Mm -hmm. But in the last several years, I've been like, 
dude, I like Malcolm X better. Mm-hmm. Because I, because that was one of, like, I've been reading Thaddeus Russell's book too. And so I'm mm-hmm. reading through some of these different things and I'm like, it was he, do you feel like he was someone who tried to make black people whiter? Who? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, he's a, he was a Puritan. He was definitely a Puritan. Yeah. You know, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. White conservatives, Republicans, GOP, nationalists, they want us to differentiate them from their white liberal cousins. Right. Or whatever faction falls under the Caucasoid race. Right. Yeah. When Bloods and Crips are killing each other in, in the streets, do white people say, oh, my God, stop the Bloods. Oh, my God, stop the Crips. Or do they say, why is there black on black crime? Why are black people killing each other? They don't delineate the difference between the two sides, but they ask us black people. You must delineate between the white liberal and the white cut and the the white conservative, but you don't delineate when it comes to us. That is like white luxury, white privilege, right? When you put your demands on us, but you don't pay that same respect back. So you say, you say to us, you know, hoteps or whoever, Go get your people, right? What's wrong with you people? Why you people keep killing each other? Right? So I'm asking you, can you get your white liberal cousin to stay the fuck up out of our business? <laughs> I can't get in, I can't get any white person to do what I want them to do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I'm tired of hearing people say, what are you going to do about black on black crime? Da, 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 da. When you get your white liberal, I can get my my peoples. I can't get yeah. my peoples till you get your white liberal. Absolutely. Right. And I, yeah. and I don't want to have any people, responsibility of them at all. <laughs> but I'm saying you got it. We become your problem then. Mm-hmm. Because we don't some of us can't delineate between the two. We just see white people. We know white people yeah. are screwing us. So why we differentiate between the white conservative mm-hmm. and the white liberal when it's just, it's right. just white people. Right. Yeah. The tragedy the of problem. it is. I think people want to be good. They don't want to be assholes and they don't have any direction. And the people stepping up to give them direction are batshit insane. And they all have their own sort of like grifting ideologies that they're trying to further themselves with. So people who are um, disseminating information have agendas. And then that's what's getting, you know, people don't even have their own opinions. They Mm. just sort of recite what they're told. Mm, And, you know, this is a problem. They don't want to have this conversation where it's like, hey, you know, you might say things to me I find uncomfortable or, or, or explain things to me that I didn't understand that might not, you know, I have to go think about or piss me off. Yeah. And, you know, we have to appreciate getting pissed off by each other a little bit more mm. um, yeah. so that we have the opportunity to think and be like, you know what, let me go look into that. Because when, when I get pissed off about these things and then I go look into them, I'm like, well, I'll be damned. That's mm. the history. That's what mm. actually happened. Mm. And so, you know, um, the very thing, the very thing that chokes off the American people is the same thing that white people love. It's called the United States government. It's mm-hmm. called the Confederate States. And I ain't talking about the Confederate South. I'm talking yeah. about the fact that you created a federation between the 13 colonies. Yeah. That was the first instance of communism. Mm-hmm. Never the Declaration of, of Independence, or you call the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights was the first piece of paper. You ever read Animal Farm before? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Animal Farm had a Bill of Rights, too, didn't it? Yeah, it sure did. What happened to it? <laughs> it got changed ever so slightly. <laughs> Changes are also called amendments. Right. Yeah. All right. Wasn't Animal Farm about communism? Yeah. Yeah, it was directly about communism. Okay. That's the problem. Well, and people love yeah. that. They call that patriotism. Right. Yep. I call it jingoism. Mm. Mm. There's a difference well, between being a patriot and there's a difference between being a patriot and the jingo. You yeah. see, sure. when you're a patriot, it means you got something that deserves your love. It's got something that you built. We didn't build this. Okay. Right. People say black people built this country. White people built this country. It didn't work like that. Yeah. It didn't work like that. There was forced mass slavery to build this country, both black and white. Mm -hmm. It's a European sure. thing. Europe led that expedition. Comes from Austria, France, Spain, England, and Germany. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These yep. are the five powerhouses of the, the European power. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. That's and they right. spread all, our, all around the world. In Haiti, they speak the France language. In South America, they speak Spain's language. In the Caribbean, they speak English language. But English is what? English is a Germanic language. Mm -hmm. Right? You send your kid to kindergarten. Kinder means child in German. Yep. <laughs> We've been conquered by the English, the Germans, the French, and the Spanish. And Austria is simply but a cousin of Germany. It's the child of Germany is Austria. And by disconnecting us from our various um, histories, they've made this information impossible for us to access. And so instead of becoming, it, we became Americans. And so our own history yeah. became American history. And then we forgot all of the things that, you know, the, all of the, the vast separate types of kingdoms and cultures that we come from mm -hmm. and became Americans instead. And we traded something very valuable for that. Mm. And I'm, I'm actually, because we're going to talk to Thaddeus Russell, I know you've already mentioned him, but I'm in the middle of reading that book. And I am shocked to learn how uh, programmed I am um, when, you know, I have studied history my entire life. But the history of common people mm. is not something that gets talked about. And those oh, are like, yeah, it doesn't, it, you know, and that's uh, more of what built this country than whatever wars or whatever generals or whoever that... Um, the, the blood and the sweat of the poor immigrants and the slaves is what built this country and the prostitutes and the hookers and the, oh, yeah. and oh, the yeah. drunkards and, you know, everybody they, else. They, they enslaved you first by force. First of all, they sold you a dream. Uh, John Law out of France sold his people a dream. He said, look, um, we got some land in the Louisiana Purchase. Uh First, we're going to sell you some some phony stocks that promises you that's that this is a great corporation. Then we're going to take the lower class and send them there to live in these swamps. Mm -hmm. This is what they did in France with the the French the, the French people did with with the land. Come to find out, land wouldn't worship it because it's all swamp land, and the stock market crashed. Not only that, while they were pumping the stock, they were issuing fiat currency based upon fractional reserve banking, which sent those who had money during the boom cycles back to poverty. 
They came up when they went down. Some people were up already, doing well, speculated in the stocks, started stock jobbing on the side streets. That's where Wall Street gets its history from. Men would gather on Wall Street and sell securities hand to hand like he's selling drugs, like the block. That's where Wall Street gets its history from until it matures and becomes what we know it as today. But this is what created America, imperialism through fractional reserve banking created America. The rest of us are our slaves. People, you know, I said to the white conservatives, black people deserve reparations. Oh, they hate to hear that. And then I flip around and I say, white people deserve reparations. And they're like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Where are you trying to go with this? Are you trolling? I'm like, if I'm trolling, you don't know the history of this country. Right. Yeah. If I'm trolling, you don't understand your constitution you love so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Name me an amendment that hasn't been stepped on. Yeah. Comstock Act destroyed the First Amendment. They've long destroyed the Second Amendment. They long destroyed the 14th Amendment, the Fourth Amendment. Gave black people the 13th Amendment. They stepped on all of it. And then you turn around and say, I love this country. I love America. What you should say is we need to make this shit whole better. Yeah. We need to elect better people. We need to stop letting them elect us. Because that's what they do. They pick. They pick us. They elect the, the higher powers choose the electors by choosing the intellectuals because it's the right. intellectuals who lead the masses. So they say, OK, who do we want in power? OK, we want such and such in power. Who do the people love? Oh, Cardi B. Cool. Let's let's have Cardi B come talk to the people. Are you like Bruce Springsteen? Cool. Let's get Bruce Springsteen out here. So they pay the intellectuals. This is old Russian uh, KGB uh, yeah. tactics. Yeah. And they, they, they take those intellectuals from the time they're babies and turn them into exactly what they want them to be. And then lead the people to elect the officials that they've been desiring all along. Yeah. They elect us. We don't elect them. Yeah. It's the lack of intellectualism amongst the common people, which is part of the plan. Caesar said, give them bread and circus. Yep. That's right. This is where we are. So so when they say, do white people deserve reparations? Uh, my question is, do you know your constitution? <laughs> do you know that you've been stolen from and are continually stolen from in order to kill people that you've never met? If this country is a republic, if this country is a republic, you can't step on the 14th Amendment. Yeah. They stepped on the 14th Amendment. Shadow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the case is uh, Maryland versus McCullough. Ruin the the 14th Amendment. This is case law we're dealing with now. Yeah. Do you know your country? Yeah. Well, and and that's one of those things I'm glad to hear you say, because I've had last couple of episodes, I've said that the, the Bill of Rights was one of America's biggest mistakes. Like, Bill of Rights was a mistake. And people flip their lid when you say that Mm. but i'm like Mm. but when i follow up and i say hey can i write down everything you're allowed to do they go no and i'm Mm. like then why the fuck we need a bill of rights because that's just letting someone else decide what you're allowed to do i'm not down with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And it and it goes down through history of everyone believing that these rights came from the government, that your right to bear arms can be decided by judges. Like it, I the only bigger lie I can think of is we the people. Mm. Like, no. <laughs> mm, 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 <laughs> I just mm. don't understand how I'm we the people with people in California. And it's not that I don't like people in California. My best friend lives in California, but I'm in Georgia, thousands mm. of miles away from that. And my concerns are completely separate from that of a Californian. So it only makes sense that like we can trade with them as a mar- in a marketplace, but to call ourselves the same country is, is insanity. There's mountains and rivers and valleys between us. We're just not the same people. So mm. to say that 300, how many people are in this country? 350 million people are all one country? Mm. I'm, I'm very Nonsense. dubious of this, yeah. <laughs> mm. And um, mm. we, sh- we should be allowed to separate and in the day, they called that secession, but we call it decentralization now. And I happen to think that that's the way forward, because then we can form more independent communities that can freedom yeah. of association. trade with one another. Yeah, freedom of association. Exactly. Yeah. Because we're definitely not dealing with the same, because the last time that issue came up was during the Civil War. And the specter of slavery can't be removed from that. So what we're dealing with now is sort of the... 150 odd years later, we're dealing with the repercussions of, uh, you know, forcing societies together with no plan of action, you know, just sort of reconstruction was a disaster. It didn't really help anyone. And, you know, so now we're dealing with the aftermath of that. And, you know, we're going to turn around and rely on the government that did this in the first place Mm. to solve these issues. We can't do that. They've Mm. failed. They've Mm. dropped that ball. So to give it to them again continuously and say, please solve this issue is, is madness. So it's got to right. be sort of incumbent upon the people and the way the people deal with that. It's just it, my estimation is just by trading with one another. Absolutely. Like if you've got things that yeah. I need, we can make a deal, you know, yeah. and then it doesn't really matter what our ideologies are, because I'm sure you've, you think things that I would be like, whoa, and vice versa. Yeah. But that's not important in the marketplace. Mm, it doesn't right. matter. We can still benefit each other. And that's, you know, why we're trying to homogenize our society so that only the acceptable people can exist or do business or, uh, you know, just be a person in public is um, the death of all our various cultures in my mind. It's going to make us into the gray alien people (laughs) where we're all the same and we have the big eyes. That's the that's the death of culture. And so that must be fought tooth and nail. And in that respect, I'm I'm an ally to anyone who resists this, whether they are with my ideology or not. Absolutely. Well, there was one one story that I wanted to tell you um, because, uh, like, we talked about how public school is used to train people and used to make people think the way they want them to think. And even though I didn't go to public school, I was in private school, I was still trained very specific things by the, the sure. white people in Bauer. So like um, when I was in college, um, I went on tour with a praise and worship band, a Christian praise and worship band. And we're, we're driving up north and we get into Indiana and um, we're, we're, we're in a McDonald's. And uh, the guy that I worked with, uh, Sam, he did all of the sound design and stuff whenever we'd be on the road, and I helped him. And so we're in McDonald's picking up food, and he's standing behind this white dude, and the white dude backs away from the counter and runs into into Sam, and he 
he got mad and he used like the soft variant of the n-word mm-hmm. and <laughs> and i was variant. like yeah i have to, <laughs> yeah I, I i i would ask permission to say it but i don't <laughs> well, be please respectful. don't <laughs> <laughs> but um but no he, he he used the you know the one that ends with a and i was this little white boy i'd been trained and i'm from alabama and so that a lot of that um conversation happens a lot there mm-hmm. like i was trained to always be offended by that i was trained that it was you know this that or the other mm-hmm. and uh, he pulled me and so we, we got out of the the store and i said i said man i'm so sorry about that and that dude looked at me and he was like, did you call me the N-word? I said, no. And he said, do you currently own any slaves? I was like, no. And he kind of went through this list and he's like, why are you apologizing? And I was like, I've been told to. Like, for some reason, my brain tells me that that person over there, I'm responsible for them. And he's like, they're not. You're not responsible for him. He said, are you my Lord and Savior? Or can I stand up for myself? Because it's more offensive to me that you decided to try to stand up for me and decided to apologize when it had nothing to do with you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, I, I'm, I started apologizing. And he's like, no, 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 you didn't understand this. Now you do. Stop. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh, okay. And he goes, I'm going to have you say in the N-word before the end of the summer. And I was like, no, boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm too scared to do that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like he, he snatched me up because I was, it was one of the, for him, me trying to dictate his feelings mm. was offensive. And I was like, that's, and even though in my, you know, luxuried brain, that's not what I was doing. I was just trained to do so. Mm. I, I needed that wake up call. He was like, mm. you're not, in, you're not in charge of my feelings. Stop trying to be mm. like, yes, sir same page we're, we're, mm. we're there. <laughs> mm. And so, and you know, like w- w- the thing about the, what I realize now talking to you about that question about the all lives matter thing is I, I, there was definitely a, a disconnect in my mind. And he, I obviously, uh, I think that he kind of missed, I was asking him, are you going to try to reach all the retarded people or, or, <laughs> or the, the people who are in the know and can, you know, understand this thing. And so, yeah, I, I came in there completely naive mm. and it was one of those things that it, for me, like I can understand someone being him being offended by that. I can understand all of that. Um, but it was for me, I was just like, I'm just trying to understand and I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I said. I'm sorry. Mm. Tell me what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. So we live in a weird society right now. And I think we always have. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> what's funny though is probably like three or four months ago I, re- I realized that you were the guy from the Starbucks reparations video Yeah, because I just knew you as Hotep Jesus I didn't know you as that and so I remember just laughing my ass off at that girl mm. and then I was like oh that, that was you that's mm-hmm. awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that was me yep <laughs> mm-hmm. um but like, like i said so if you were to because i've i have been trying to watch videos on hotep and the ones with you in them are the only ones that when i say you or you know anyone else that's around you are the only ones that are that grab any attention whatsoever mm. like they're compelling 
mm. because it's like the the one guy on the route um you're welcome <laughs> the mm. one guy on the route he started in this other woman they were all like trying to play it into like feminism mm-hmm. or or the anything disc it was like these things are disconnected why are you talking about that and so they constantly say hoteps hate women and i've as personally as a woman i've never gotten that impression or i've never felt disrespected necessarily in my interaction i've only had interactions with hoteps on twitter but i've never felt like specifically disrespected as a woman so Mm. just to throw Mm. my two cents Mm. in there (laughs) Mm -hmm. but But that's the claim yeah but like googling it it's very hard to understand Mm -hmm. and so like if 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 you were to tell one of us, uh, like me, luxury-brained white people, <laughs> what it was in some, in like a short, like how would you describe it to me? Consciousness, supreme consciousness. Okay. Hotep is supreme consciousness. Succinctly, that's what it means to me. The actual word is an ancient Metaneta word um, from the kingdom of Kemet. And uh, it means satisfaction, peace, or to be at rest. Um, we use this word as a substitution for peace and as a greeting or an exit, so on and so forth. So instead of saying peace, homie, we say hotel. Okay. Okay. Shalom. Shalom. Kind of the there you go. Okay. Right. All right. Um, so it's been turned into a pejorative because you have black liberals funded by the establishment European left. Mm-hmm. So they use all their force and their resources to antagonize us and spread a smear campaign against us because what they know is the first one to somebody's mind gets to set the frame, gets to set the Mm -hmm. tone. So we can make people believe that you're evil before they even greet you. By the time they greet you, they'll go, oh, I think this guy hates women. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, like, why are you acting like that? Like, stop being weird. But it's because they've been subject to the propaganda, again, funded by the left. Yeah. It's the same people who complain about white supremacy and racism. This is what they complain about. And uh, they're funded by that same system. That's the same system that employs them. I don't have a job with Huffington Post. CBS News has never hired me. NBC, ESPN, none of these corporations have ever hired me. They've hired Don Lemon. Don Lemon can't speak for me. Yeah. Don Lemon likes white men. He could never (laughs) speak to me. He doesn't even like his own people enough to procreate, he doesn't like his own people enough to even date a man that's black. But he's supposed to be a voice for us and tell us about white supremacy? White supremacy is when you lay in a bed with a white man and he bends you over because you're the bottom. That's white supremacy. (laughs) Don Lemon is a victim of a white supremacy every time he enters the bedroom with his man. Sometimes it's okay. Who's who's the other... (laughs) The other dude that got caught with drugs and pills with booty stains oh. in his drawers down in Florida. Um, a CNN guy? The, the yeah. black dude. He he ran for like governor, right? Yes. 
oh. governor of he was supposed to be um gruesome gruesome uh I um, can't I can't remember Andrew Gillum Gillum thank you Andrew Gillum <laughs> no. booty butt naked having orgies with white men that's white supremacy this to this me is the condition of Rome before its fall by the way is the orgies yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and apparently gender confusion is a hallmark of declining societies. Yeah. So 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 you take this guy, you bend him over in the bed, then you prop him up in front of black people and tell us we should follow him. <laughs> That's white supremacy. Yeah. The system of white supremacy, they are a part of, they sleep with it. Yeah. White supremacy well, does some funny things. It does some funny things, I'll tell you. What were you about to say? No, I was just going to say, uh, and that actually makes me think of the other day um, Madonna came out coming against the patriarchy yeah, and all of this. And I was like, all of your money came from the patriarchy. Yeah. All of, your, all, all of what you've done has been using that to your advantage. Yes. So what the hell are you complaining about? Like I mean, I I don't it's I don't like season. bad guys anyway. Yeah, it, it's that's been her stick since the '80s. Like that's always been Madonna's thing. Is that oh I'm you know the sex book was supposed to be this wild breaking out of the female sexuality, and it was just vulgar. Like I remember that came out when I was a child, mm-hmm. and I was shown that as an example of sexual freedom for women. And I thought I don't want to be like this. This doesn't seem dignified, you know, like. So, yeah, yeah I, I can absolutely there there is a um, concerted effort at the destruction of of culture and for people to do anything but conform to what they're told by the opinion makers. It's it's an absolute fact. And, mm-hmm. and to follow that is the death of the self. You become something collective. And that's where I think like the roots of racism lie is the idea of collectivism, that we sort of are all one thing. So that anyone who looks of this way is this one thing and anyone looks of this way as that other thing. And, uh-huh. you know, that is fundamentally like we've, you know, it's been revealed through DNA that that's fundamentally incorrect. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I think it's interesting the way that um, we've let our forebears form our opinions about mm. how we should interact with each other based uh-huh. on where our ancestors were in proximity to the equator 50,000 years ago. And I'm just like, huh, maybe we can just like make money together. And, yeah. you know, like that. So, you know, the, they call anarcho-capitalists selfish, but at, at the root of that sort of maybe greed or selfishness is this ability to interact with one another in a peaceful way. And so that's kind of my hope. Anarcho, anarcho-capitalism is the most humanitarian idea we have today. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the belief that, it, 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 you know, to believe otherwise is to think speci- uh, pessimistic about humans, period. Yes. yes. And this oh, is what man. I say about white people. They telling themselves, right? Because they be like, oh, my God, <laughs> you can't say things like we're violent naturally and all this other stuff. And I'd be like, you believe in anarchism? They're like, no, that would lead to chaos. Oh, so you do believe that you're naturally violent. Right, <laughs> right. 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 Like, 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 which one is it here? Because I personally don't believe people are naturally violent. I believe when you add scarcity, somebody could be forced to violence. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't believe that people are naturally violent. I believe that Europeans, their proclivity to violence has been due to scarcity. Hmm. That's what I can say. 
if I was to say, you know, if I was to diagnose why the European race is, has a, pro, 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 a proclivity towards imperialism, I would say it's this, that's a scarcity mindset. They're trying to hoard the resources because they believe they may die off or, you know, there's some competition that's after them. Because that's the only person that would do that, right? You know, unless you, you so, call yourself a parasite. It's interesting that the people who were sent to the Americas to find their fortune were sort of the third and fourth sons of these esteemed families. Yeah. So the first son could inherit. The second son went into the church. And then the third and fourth son was just sort of expected to go into the military and conquer new lands. Yeah. And that's how you made your way in the European world. Yeah. So if you were anyone of title or esteem and you were a third or fourth son, suddenly there was this place across the ocean where you could go. And, you know, and not only for people of esteem, but pe poor people, too. So people mm -hmm. flooded over in droves. Mm -hmm. But it was this mentality of I have to go conquer my land because mm -hmm. my older brother inherited my father's land. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I have to go conquer land. And that's, mm -hmm. that is actually uh, quintessential to the European. It's called a, a pater familias. Mm -hmm. And it's, or um, I hope I'm using the Latin, right? I'm probably butchering it, but it's like, you know, the head of the family. Mm -hmm. And so you have to sort of create your new um, land. You're, you're, you have to be the head of a new family in a new land. And that's mm. what the Americas provided an opportunity for these third and fourth sons of Europe to go do. Yeah, and that's absolutely. 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 Yep. That's exactly what happened. Funded by their daddy. Yep. One hundred percent. With you know, gold. Got, that, yep. yeah, you got one on one father send his sons off to start banking establishments in five different countries. I named them before one man. That's yeah, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Son go out, son go out and conquer. Right. This is, they this, this still is the do it. They still do it. That's why um, Hunter Biden is in the Ukraine, like deciding what kingdoms he can split up for himself over there. All of this yeah. um, aristocracy, it still mm -hmm. happens. They renamed it democracy mm -hmm. and told poor people that they get a vote in what happens. But yeah. you see the way that that pans out. We don't yeah. really get a say. We get a choice between two of the same types of mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And that's not really a choice. You get to choose two types of ar aristocrat. Mm. Expect that, you know, and yeah. anybody who might come from the people or speak for the people or just kind of speak to anyone on a rational level gets kicked mm. out immediately. Mm. And, you know, yeah. Trump got there yeah. through the force of his personality. But that right. is not enough. That's but, but, not enough. But, but ANCAP is the, is the most respectful ideology to come from the white psyche. OK. Mm. I feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that. <laughs> like. You know, for them to form those two words and put them together is, is rather interesting. They complement each other well, although I'm not talking about the traditional definition of capitalism as it's purported right. by the socialists. I'm more speaking to capitale, uh, the Latin term, which means resources. Okay. So the ANCAPs are very respectful in saying everything's based upon a voluntary system. Yeah. There's nothing by force. And that's what these other ideologies are, especially socialism and communism, is everything by force. Hey, here's the system we're providing everybody. This is what you got to do. So it's like, whoa, I didn't sign up for that. And Cap's like, look, you do what you want to do. You do what I want to I do what I want to do. And uh, I believe that you have the fortitude to actually provide for yourself. And you don't mm -hmm. need me to come save you. Yeah. All right. That's right. That's right. It, it's very respectful of people's decisions and, and, and wanting to go a different way.
Because I do yeah. believe that ideology that work, work and ownership make people able to self-actualize. When you own what you're working on, it's a completely different ball game than something that is communally owned together. You don't care about it as much. Mm-hmm. So j- just to deny anybody that for any reason, including your perception that they're too poor or too stupid to do it for themselves, mm-hmm. is, is criminal. It, mm. it, it robs them of their humanness. In my Progressive, progressivism is the disguise for socialism. Yeah. Mm. Don't Social forget. Right. Don't forget. Wall Street funded the first progressive party under Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And then they That's... dumped it like a dirty dog. Yeah. <laughs> they just did it. They just did it so they can get their little thing passed on March 22nd, 1913. While everybody yeah. was trying to go away for Christmas. And they get mm-hmm. past a little bill. That's the reason why they did that, because Taft was so um, was so powerful amongst the, the populace that he could have won that election. So they had to throw um, Roosevelt in there to make sure we split the votes so we can get our guy Wilson in there, who was controlled by Mandel House. You know what I mean? And already in the pocket of the of the European banking powers. Yeah, that's um. 1913 is sort of considered universally, I think, especially amongst ANCAPs to be this like the seminal moment where we stopped really being like free on our own because we Mm -hmm. no longer controlled like our monetary resources. It actually started before that. It started it started with the coinage act. You know, I mean, you have fractional reserve currency with the North American bank. You know, the first bank in the United States had something right. like a 27 percent reserve ratio. You, you, you got screwed real early on in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, it was just progression. It was just like, all right, we're going to try and do this through war. OK, it didn't work through war. All right, we'll do this through crashing markets then because mm-hmm. war wasn't getting you guys to sign this bill the way we wanted. But again, Fabian Socialist logo is a turtle, which means they creep. They take their time. They chip away at things. So fractional reserve currency have been a thing since, you know, before Lincoln. Yeah. So um, when you when you when you look at it like that and you look at like the coinage act, I believe the coinage act of 1873, which was a con- pricing control. Where, where do we where do we know pricing control to come from? Social uh, socialism, right? Yeah. Right. Pricing controls that are happening under the seat of the Secretary of Treasury. Oh man, we got screwed. Uh, the nineteen thirteen was just the 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 cherry on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's something that again, people being disconnected from their history removes you from being able to know that it wasn't always like this. And that it's only been a hundred or so years that they've even been doing this. And yeah. we all act that it's completely normal because we don't know any better. And it takes someone pointing out our own histories to us. And, you know, that's why I think there's just this move to disconnect us from ever even having the energy to be interested in history, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's those are two things that I wasn't even aware of. And I consider myself mildly educated on the topic. So, mm-hmm. thank you. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. No doubt, yeah. That's a, uh, that's a thrill for me, because... Woodrow Wilson, one of yeah. the biggest... Pu- president one, of the, one of the biggest puppet presidents ever. Yeah. That's right. 
Uh, one of the things when I was searching for Hotep that kept coming up were the black Israelites. Is that like wh where would you, since that's something that I keep hearing people ask when they talk about this, what kind of line would you draw between black Israelites and Hotep? Or is there a line that needs to be drawn there? That's the big problem. You know, people don't listen to people. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people talk about tolerance and listening to people. You know, I need to listen to them. If you listen to them, you wouldn't ask me that question because you'd already know they hate us. Well, yeah, I, I, I did. I did notice that there seemed to be some hatred, but that's but still people have, have no, keep no, no, putting no. them together. Their their ideology is predicated upon the fact that they believe the Egyptians enslaved them. OK, they believe that the ancient commissions enslaved them. They believe they are the official Hebrews of the Bible. Yes. They think Pharaoh enslaved them. That's what the Bible say, at least. Right. Historical mm -hmm. record says one thing, but they go based upon the Bible or the Tanakh. Sure. Right. So. So what happened? You say the name Hotep. Hotep, that's Pharaoh. Yeah. So they can't be Hotep. Right. You call them Hotep. They're going to cuss you out. Yeah. Right. They're going to call you an Edomite. Yeah. They might beat you up depending on where you are or how they feeling that day. All right. Yeah. I've been screamed at. So, at so, so, <laughs> so when somebody asks me the question, you know, are Hebrew Israelites hotel? I'm like, damn, you know, like. I understand, though, because you white, you wouldn't understand yeah. this shit. Right. Well, it, it, it seemed very much like it, the, a question that didn't make sense, but it came up enough in my searches that I was like, let me ask him about why this that's, gets that's the, that's the ignorance of the people who are writing this stuff. Yeah. The people who conflate the two, that's their ignorance speaking. Yeah. Because the Hebrews don't like Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We got We got to do. We just interview named young Pharaoh. You think him mm -hmm. and the Hebrew Israelites are going to get along? No. Mm. They can't be Hotep. Yeah, I, I, I just found that to be something that didn't make any sense to me when I kept reading that they're like they're like the the black Israelites. Hoteps like, go off a of historical record. go off a of historical record. They go off a of biblical record. Our two ideologies are going in two separate directions. Okay. They're a religious organization. Part slash racial organization. We're a ideology organization. Mm -hmm. Consciousness, mind, yeah. body, soul type shit. You mm -hmm. know, like we deal with metaphysics. When you deal with the ultimate hoteps, they deal in metaphysics. Yeah, that's when you know you're talking to a hotep. White folks would call it the law of attraction. Mm hmm. Or auto suggestion, if you were to read Napoleon Hill, or if you would go to Deepak Chopra, Cosmic Consciousness, right? But we're talking yeah. about the the meta behind the physical world. Mm -hmm. That's what we dealing. Yeah, Tele telepathy and yeah, that's the. And then we also believe in plant based dieting and superfoods. I mean, who do you think introduced people to the superfoods market? You know what I mean? Like them superfoods come from Africa. <laughs> so we don't have acai berries here. <laughs> correct. Acai. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. You know, so, I mean, 
again, there, there's a lot of nuance to the conversation, but we also deal in um, homeopathy. Um, we deal in, um, y'all deal in, you know, the, the, the European deals in medicine, we deal in prevention. Mm-hmm. If you didn't eat them chips, you wouldn't have got cancer. If you had an <laughs> alkaline diet, you wouldn't get cancer. How I treat you, how you treat a cancer patient is completely like, wow, like, all is give them chemo. We like, it's not yeah, how kill we, their body. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, you caught COVID. Let's put you on a ventilator. What? No, right. that's not what yeah. you do. That's how you weaken the lungs. Well, right. yeah, let's let's also take people away so that you can't see your family, friends, etc. Yeah. Let's right. lock it's them in this building where they can't get sunlight when we all know vitamin D helps you ward off disease. And yeah. why do they try to separate people from the things that make them most human, which is gathering in groups, seeing each other's faces, eating communally? To destroy like, humanity. Like eating yeah. communally is like really vital to our mental state that we eat it's, with each other. It's vital to dealing yeah. with these viruses. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the one thing they're saying is stay inside. Don't go in the sun. Don't see your family. Are you kidding me? Because they want people- you more sick. Old people yeah. die of isolation like that. Like that's yeah. the number one thing that or will drug kill an el- elderly person, right? Yeah, or drug yeah. addiction. Oh my gosh, yeah. They're they're trying to ki- they're trying to kill us. I know that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm on my second beer, so I'm gonna say it. They're trying to kill us. And yeah. it's, hey, yo, do me a favor. Stop putting this Ryan guy on the screen, yo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, no, he's I um, like uh, he's mad immature. OK. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that there are a lot of things that lead people into destructive lifestyles that that do benefit the state, because the yeah. older you the older, yeah. the longer you're around, they've promised you that they'll take care of you into your old age. And they've separated you from your children and a culture in which children take care of the old. And yeah. then they say, we'll take care of you. And that system is completely insolvent with the monetary system that they have today and you know like so they're they're the state is responsible for the care of our elderly like this is the most sacred duty of the young and Uh. we've passed it off to the state and so until we get that back from them until we take our elderly folks back from them then then we don't deserve you know this wondrous uh, system of you know like capital wealth that we're luxuriating in like we definitely should be using that to make our old people more comfortable and make their lives better instead of shunting them off into places where someone like Como can kill them in the first place. Yeah. And that's on yeah. us. We are yeah. separated from our history. We're separated from our elderly people. That's something that's another from our children. That's another European concept is um getting rid of your parents and putting them in homes. Yeah. Yep. And, <laughs> That's and, the European and edu- concept. It's it's oppression. It's oppression factory system concept to educate children in these buildings where they're all running on bells and systems and, and yeah. all of this. This all has to do with um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. And we're educating children in these buildings separate from their parents so that the state tells them how they should be as adults and not that their parents should tell them how they should be as adults. And I think mm-hmm. you should tell your children how they should be in the world and I should tell my children. And that someone thousands of miles away from us cannot tell either of us how our children should be raised. And they're raising us to not care for our old people. Like yeah. we should see the failure of this system. It's yeah. obvious. 
to every person who's a human. It's obvious. Sorry, that's my rant. That's my drunk rant. <laughs> get your old people back. They're that's killing them. Go get that's your old true. people yeah. back. If I had my grandmother, I, I would be a wealthy person. Yeah. If I had my dad. Yeah, absolutely. Both the children and the children being raised yeah. by people who aren't you, who have values yeah. separate from you. Mm -hmm. Teaching you children to hate you. <laughs> Right, mm -hmm. right, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Bobby Joe. Yeah, I know about your mom, hun. I know, that sucks. That you can't like we've we in our culture turns us against our own families, so that you're afraid of being disowned if you try to tell them any truth. Mm -hmm. You yeah. try to get them wise to what's going on around them and the way that they're being programmed, mm -hmm. and they'll hate you for it. My own mother hasn't spoken to me in a year because I questioned some co some part of the lockdowns. She mm. has COPD. She's terrified. She's mm. terrified to go out. So I understand why she's scared, but enough to disown your own child over it. Mm. Like, man, they have really programmed this woman. Mm. And that happened under my eyes. Mm. And that's on me. You know, that's that's mm. on all of us who lose our connections to these politics. Shouldn't well, happen. Once you once you connect people to that TV, it's going to divide your family. Right. Yeah. That's the point of it. That's yeah. what it was designed to do. Yeah. Well, and I do think that, you know, it it does make a very good point. I mean, she she does make a very good point that when people are separated from their history, from their ethnicity, from all of that, you start to lose grand chunks of the human, the beauty of humanity. You know, you, you lose the, I mean, diversity, the word has been destroyed by academia, by, you know, corporate leftists, by all of this for a long time now. But there is a diversity that's lost and that's pushed for by the ruling class, by the enemy class. I mean, let's call them what they are. They're the mm -hmm. enemy. And so it's it's one of those things that like if you if you push against their concept of what diversity is, what it means, ideological diversity, literal physical diversity, etc., you're a racist or mm. you're you're something worse. You know, mm. you want to kill grandma, you want to you know whatever, they'll say whatever it takes to get you to do what they want. Mm -hmm. But there's a real, like I was talking to Jessica and our guest from last week about how I'm from the South. I'm from Alabama, born and raised in Alabama. Could you tell that I'm from Alabama just by the way I speak? No. No, you no. don't speak like you're from Alabama. And so it, over the last few weeks, as I've been looking into HOTEP, as I've been looking into other things and these, these concepts that connect you back to your roots, that connect you back to your history, your people, your tribe, your family, I th there's something missing because I, I it's not that I regret it or think that it's bad that I speak the way that I do, but I'd like it a lot better if I actually reflected where I'm from a mm. little bit better. Mm. And so uh, one of the things I wanted to point out is when, when I asked about the black Israelites, um, one thing I've noticed on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever, even in real life, um, there's a very deep hatred of white people within that group. And I, the, the, it, that's why I, I was like, this is ridiculous to connect them to the hoteps because I've seen white guys on Twitter calling themselves whitey hotep or honky hotep or whatever, and then interacting with other hoteps just fine. 
And so I'm like, clearly, even though there's race involved in this, uh-huh. it's not it's not racist. It's not mm-hmm. hatred. And that is part of the reason why I wanted to talk to you because I, you talked to something else I got to clear up too is when we speak of Hebrew Israelites, there's different types. Oh yeah. You got some types that work with white people and then live in harmony with hoteps and love hoteps. This is Hebrew Israelites that support me. Yeah. You know, we, when we say that, we're using the term loosely to talk about the people we see on the Internet that get the most attention. Right. Usually yeah. groups that are the outliers get the most attention. Absolutely. You think about white folks and you think of terror. You think of the Ku Klux Klan. Ku Klux Klan doesn't represent all white people. Right? Oh, no. Same thing with the Hebrew Israelites. Just because you see a certain faction out there doing a certain thing, they don't represent all Hebrew Israelites. Right. There's some peace-loving Hebrew Israelites. I just want to clear the air on that, too, because that's a very important uh, yeah. nuance. I appreciate that. But I, yeah. the point just being in within the zeitgeist. Within, w- the yeah, the with, within them, um, there is an air of hatred. Yeah. I, I had an air of hatred at one point. Yeah. I think that many black people go through that. Yeah, it's understandable. Right? That, that period of anger and hatred. But it's because we're only shown a certain way. Yeah. You know, every time we view white people, it's through this very negative lens. Yeah. We're never really shown, uh, you know, we're shown good white people, but it's usually like the savior complex, yeah. you know, it's usually like, like that. So I can't say they don't show that image, but they do, but it's usually the savior complex. But, um, you know, when you're young and you're sitting in, Mm, seventh no even high school let's say you sit in a ninth grade history class yeah and they show you uh slavery or jim crow and it's you're the only black kid and you're surrounded by white kids your blood's boiling through that whole fucking 30 minutes that the teacher's playing that video yeah yeah you want to get up and you want to kill somebody. You literally want to cry, leave the room, or act out in anger. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So you go through that. And it has a, that leads, you know, your personality is holy shit, by, shit uh, shaped by your memories. So we don't have a whole lot of good memories that they show us, which yeah. is part of what OTEPs do. We show people beautiful memories mm. to help change that psyche, show them the great stories of the Mali empire and so on and so forth. Show them the powerful black capitalists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, show them the people that built Harlem, <clears throat> you know, um, that's what we try to do. We try to change that around. And um, I don't have no problem working with white people. You know, uh, as long as they don't impose their will, I'm fine. I'm fine with anybody as long as they won't impose their will. Are you familiar? I'm sorry. No, I was Um, just saying, yeah, and I agree with that completely. Are you familiar with the, um, sorry, (laughs) you go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just saying, I I agree with that completely. It's, It's like we were talking earlier about how the government or these different people we've elected 
like represent us. And I don't want anyone to represent me unless it's me or someone I've paid to do so. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jessica. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, are you familiar with the um, Fall of Civilization podcast? No. They have an amazing... Um, they go through these different empires that existed, m- many of whom most of us have never heard of because we had mainstream conventional history classes. And yeah. um, but they go through like why, how long these empires existed, what their great histories are and how they eventually came to fall. And they do the Songhai Empire. And that was the first time I ever heard of the, any great kingdom in Africa. And I was absolutely fascinated and I spent, you know, probably a good week or two after that reading, you know, all of these stories of these great kings and their adventures and all these things. And I'm like, these are fantastic stories. How come we've never heard of this? And like, it's, you know, so I, I recommend if anybody wants Imagine to get familiar. That. Yeah, Imagine wants that. to get familiar because these are fantastic um, stories that, you know, everybody can learn from. We, we take morals from our history. And yeah. these stories are no different. And Fall of Civilizations podcast, The Songhai Empire, it's like an hour or two long, and it's really good. Mm, I still I still have to check that out. Yeah, huge recommend. Oh. Well, yeah, and I and think that the Hotep way of talking about history and these stories is so important because, I mean, if you look at humanity as a whole, we respond to stories and to moral plays and all of these things. Some people will call it magic and talk about how the people – are using magic to do this, but effectively they're telling stories and whoever tells the best story is going to win out in the hearts of the people. And so I really respect the hotep telling of stories of expanding the minds and, and winning hearts rather than being well, whitewashed kind of a pun there, but yeah, being whitewashed (laughs) by the state, by schools, by the corporate media, by all of that, because they're dis they are they're all it's like they the only stories that they tell us are ones that have no true um true no true conflict they have no no driving point no driving goal it's just oh well you know they shot it uh george washington cut down a cherry tree and he couldn't lie it's like they're all these just not even boring <laughs> boring stories and I think yeah. that that's how you start to change people's mind is by telling them the right story. And so you, uh, Uncle Hotep, uh, all these other guys, I respect the hell out of you for telling a different story. So I, I just wanted to say that real quick. Oh, thanks. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's what we do. Oh, yeah. That's going to uh, that's gonna be what carries us through whatever comes next. And I don't know that any of us know what comes next but i think we all sense that it's something and so whatever yeah. comes next we're going to rely we're going to need to rely on these stories we're going to need to rely on these narratives to remember who we are as people because this story of america has been bullshit and i'm the first one to grieve over it because i bought it wholesale and so i am mm-hmm. grieving in a lot of ways to find out that this story is bullshit but to not accept that it's bullshit is is a death of self and, you know, to, to, again, to reference Thaddeus Russell, who that, you know, I, I know I'm like all over this guy's book today, but he talks in that book about the history of the common people and all their various places that they came from. And those places have histories and informed why those people acted the way that they did. And those are important to know. 
and I'm always trumpeting that that history trumpet, but there's more history than what happened in England. <laughs> the history yeah. of America is not the history of England. <laughs> it's many more things than that, including right. and, the African kingdoms. Well, and I, I was going to say, like, as someone with a lot of Scott and Irish blood, like, fuck England, man. raise a glass and fuck the english yeah um what one of the things that we've been recently we went through a um a rebranding away from an old brand and so now it's our show's called the mad ones and a, a lot of this was inspired by michael malice and you know his conversation on white pills and and really, if you boil down a white pill, it's the story that you tell yourself. It's the story, it, it's picking up the positive parts that you see around you. It's seeing how we can win and how we can push forward. Because the, the, the narrative right now from people who think remotely like you or me or Jessica or Malice or whoever is heavily nihilistic and deadly if you actually let that live in your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have a question is for, for you, what kind of story or white pill do you think is important for people to start telling and telling themselves like what, what, what out there do you think would bring people hope in this ridiculous time we live in? Um, it's not even about a story per se. I mean, if you want to give somebody a story, and you know, Alchemist is a great story. That's right? a good. Very, I just recently reread that. Yeah, it's a great story, man. You know, um, teach a lot about yourself. Um, people need just people need to look in the mirror, man. Yeah. And and really, and I and I don't mean that in the cliche way. I mean that. The world would be better if people practice introspection. Yeah. You know, what is your story? Right? Right. Not, not like, what is the story? What's your story? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, are you creating one? Or are you reacting to somebody else's story? Yeah. Are you centering so, someone other than yourself? I said it's three rules to life. Create. Share what you create. And mind your fucking business. Amen. Those are great rules. Yeah. And most people can't do one in three. Hmm. You got a lot of people that are heckle me and complain about the things I do and say. And all I can say is, what do you do? Mm -hmm. What have you created that you share with the world? And how successful has that been? Because you watching me. I'm not watching you. Don't watch me. Watch TV. <laughs> what is your story who are you what are you bringing to the world that didn't exist before mm -hmm. yeah that's what matters shut the fuck up and create some good shit man shut the mm -hmm. fuck up and write the story or or make your life story telling the stories that's what i do yeah. right my right. life story is about finding the right stories to tell people. But the most important story to me is my story. Yeah. People could tell you all things about my story. Oh, he used to work for 50 Cent. He worked for Carmelo Anthony. He did the Starbucks thing. He was on Joe Rogan. I saw him on. 
That's my story. Mm-hmm. Still more to that story. But don't worry about my story. I need you to work on your story so you can be a part of my story and I can be a part of your story. If you can't, if you don't have a story to create, I can't be a part of your story. You can only be a part of mine. Hmm. There's no symbiosis created there. There's no relationship created there. That's you just leeching off of me. No, you go create a story so we can combine stories and create great stories. You go build your empire. I go build my empire and our empires could be friends. Yes. And we can join forces and take down the evil empire. But we can't do that unless you got an empire and I got an empire. So I don't know what story people need to hear, but I know one thing. People need to create their own story. Amen. Or help somebody else create theirs. Maybe maybe you're a facilitator. Will you help other people create their story? Because there's a lot of people in this world, like Mandel House, he's got a story now. But he wanted to stay behind the scenes. He didn't even want to be known. He released a book, Drew Hill. Uh, Philip Drew, I'm sorry. Philip Drew. Um, but he wanted to stay in the shadows. These guys didn't want to be seen. Now, so Aldrich, he didn't want to be seen. He's got a story, though. Yeah. That's something that Jordan Peterson talks about. Like, uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to be chosen by God. <laughs> look at, look at what happens to people who are chosen by God. So it's something, it's a hell of a thing to wish for, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot of responsibility comes with that. Yeah. Well, I think that you said people need to look in the mirror. I think that at the beginning of this, when I was talking about talking to my friend about BLM, you became my mirror. And I think that that's an important aspect of growing as a human is to learn to listen and to learn to take the criticism from those who know something better than you do, who have experienced something different than you. So I appreciate you pushing, pushing back and teaching me because I, what, what my intentions were, what my thoughts were, I know that he didn't understand them, but his perception is his reality. You said you guys were in college? Yeah. I'm if a little bit said, older if, than that. If you, if you would have said that to me while I was in, we was in college, we probably would have fought. Oh, it was, it was after college, but we were in college together. You were in that. college together. Oh, okay. Yeah. How old were y'all? Um, gosh. 30s? Mid-20s, late-20s. Yeah, we'd have fought. <laughs> we'd have fought. Yeah, in my 20s, yeah, we'd have fought. I'm like, what the fuck you just say? Especially with the climate right now, I'd have punched yeah. you dead in your mouth, yo. I'd well, and, and that's... Because you got to remember, we still shaking off that anger. Yeah. I didn't stop hitting white people till I hit damn near 32. Mm. 33. I had to hit a fucking spiritual awakening and fill my, my body with love. I had to recognize that that hate was killing me. It wasn't killing white people. Yeah. The hate that I held in my heart every time I saw them and my blood boiled, that shit wasn't affecting them. They didn't care. They didn't even realize my blood was boiling, but it was my blood was boiling. That's not good for my frequency. It's not good for my physical body. It's not good for my ethereal body. So I had to do that for me. But when you're young and you 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 conditioned by the society to hate white people, and then God say some insensitive shit like that. You be on edge. Yeah. I would, I, you know, in hindsight, like I said, if you just said it to me now, I would have laughed. You know, I would have been like, 
Uh, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Like you just don't get it. And I didn't. Right. But <laughs> when you younger, 25, yeah, it's a lot of rage built up, man. You take that shit to heart. You at that age, a man doesn't even know how to deal with his emotions. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even he hasn't reached the level of consciousness yet. In the old world, you were not even considered an adult at 25. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot. It's a lot you needed to you needed to learn as a young as a young man, especially as a young black man, and having to just deal with rage all the time, feeling comfortable every time you get around white folks. Like white folks don't have that problem. Y'all walk in this world, yeah, I don't feel uncomfortable for being white. Yeah. You walk into a room full of black people, you might feel a little uncomfortable, right? I mean, there's well, that's what happens to us every day. It's yeah. like walking, yeah. just like walking into a you know, as you just a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I got to deal with the lady at the counter who thinks I don't know how to use a fucking computer <laughs> or a boss who doesn't think I know how to use a computer or a president of the United States who says, I don't know how to use a computer, Joe Biden. Yeah. Or yeah, that was fucked up. millions of politicians who say you don't know how to get a driver's license. Yeah. What the fuck is that? This is what I'm saying. This is what we have to deal with. Yeah. No, it fucks with you. It fucks yeah, with I you. I can understand. <laughs> when you say like, what? I don't know how to get a driver's license. What? I don't know how to use a computer. You just, that's just really frustrating to hear. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Because it's like, what? Like, what do you think about me? Like, like, how do you right. even, what do you, what do you think I am? Which makes us believe like, oh, okay. We got the re- Republicans over here who call us the N-word, then we got Joe Biden over here that uh, thinks we don't know how to use a computer. It's like, oh, white people just got fucking problems, man. You know what? Just leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> I think that's why the individualism of anarcho-capitalism, like we were talking about before, is yeah. the only way forward. Because that in that vein, we can't look at each other by these yeah. like group distinctions. I just got to look at you as a person. And yeah. who you are. And that's it. And there's nothing else available to you. So that's like you said, it was the most humanitarian just because it it lacks the ability to be anything else. Not because it specifically is humanitarian, just doesn't have the option to be collectivist and to be assumptive. Mm -hmm. Like what what can we benefit from each other? That's Mm -hmm. the main question. How can Mm -hmm. we, as you said, be allies and join forces? What, you know, what do we gain from one another? Not why are we different? Because why are we different is not the conversation. Yeah, you know, it all comes back to free market uh, economics. Right. Absolutely. Every time. Every time. It's like, how, wh- what solves all these massive problems left to us by our grandparents and par- parents? It's like, mm. we deal with each other as individuals. We deal with each other economically. Mm-hmm. There is no other way. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. going forward. So I have a lot of hope. I don't think that we're completely um, unfixable as a people. I think that we're, we just um, need to relate to each other better. And conversations yeah. like this need to happen where, you know, get uncomfortable for a second. And then people have need to courage. courage. People need yeah. courage. A lot of people mm-hmm. just don't have courage. Mm-hmm. But Let that's what good times do. Yeah. Um, I have never heard that Mexicans and black people don't know how to use computers or the Internet before Joe Biden said it. Is that like a common stereotype or did he make that up on the spot? I've been dealing with that my whole life. Really? Wow. My whole life. One time I got a job at L'Oreal in the IT department. Now, this story has nothing to do with L'Oreal. It's just, you know, that's where I was working at the time. Yeah. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, 
this lady, she had to be probably 50, 60 years old. Keep in mind, I built my first website in 1997. Yeah. I got this job maybe in 2002. And the lady was telling me how to um, basically uh, install the operating system on the machine uh, the way they like to at the corporate environment because it's yeah. on a LAN, local area network. So I said, all right, cool. So she's running me through the steps. And she was like, you don't want to write this down? I'm like, uh, I could, but I know how to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so she's like, she runs through the process. And then um, I come back later and I asked her a question about the process. She's like, this is why I told you to write it down. I'm like, she's not going to answer my question. She's like, no, this is how you write it down. Meanwhile, I got a photographic memory. I just forgot one of the steps. She told me one of the steps. I would have got it. What she should have said was, we don't have this process written down. Can you be the one to create this and record this process for right. me? <laughs> yeah. And I would have said, okay. But yeah. if you're teaching me something and I know how I learn, I don't need the notes. I just need you to explain to me this one question I got and why we chose that. So... I had my machine. I had, I was, I would, they, they stuck me in like the, the warehouse or, or the storage room. I was in the storage room yeah. and um, there's a whole bunch of machines back there. So I wanted to get on the internet. I'm bored. I'm sitting back there, nothing to do. She comes back there. I'm on the internet. She's like, how'd you get on the internet? <laughs> I didn't give you a, a computer. I'm like, yo, I turned around and I pointed to like all the computer parts. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, yo, we got computer parts right here. She, so she looked at me like, so you mean to tell me you put together a computer, loaded the thing, and then got on the internet? Like, <laughs> like, I, like I didn't know how to do that. Right. <laughs> I'm like, how do you think I got this job? Because I know how to use a computer, lady. Right. Right. So it's like this racism of low expectations. I remember I went yeah. to this other job, and this lady was trying to explain to me like right mouse button click and left mouse button click, and I explained. Oh. I was like, I was like. I told her, I said, what's this operating system? And she goes, what's the operating system? So I said, the operating system is Windows 3.1. It boots off of, uh, off of uh, MS-DOS. You know what MS-DOS is? No. Do you know who makes MS-DOS? No. Microsoft makes MS-DOS. So then she's oh, like, cool. so I'm schooling her. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay, so you know how to use a computer. Yeah, lady, <laughs> I know how to use a computer, yo. <laughs> Which you would have known if you had asked, but you didn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. But they just expect because, you know, maybe maybe 20 other black people came through there and didn't know how to compute, use a computer, which I could see. So yeah. she's conditioned to believe we don't know how to use a computer. But still, she didn't give me personally the benefit of doubt. So when I come along and I know how to use a computer, I'm like, come on, lady. Like, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. But now I fast forward. I'm a 40-year-old man. It happened to me in my 20s. I'm a 40-year-old man. And the president comes on the screen and tells me, I don't know how to use a computer. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> and then, and then my then now I got people who mad and screaming Black Lives Matter, and somebody comes along and tells me about some All Lives Matter. I'm like, no, we got a reason to be mad. The fucking president just said we don't know how to use computers. This is why we're angry. Stop talking about it. Just leave us alone, yo. We 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 don't want the shot because we don't trust you. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit, that's my house alarm. I'm sorry. I have to be right back. <laughs> We don't want the we don't want the the uh, virus shot, right? I mean, with with we the don't trust uh, Tuskegee it. experiment, I wouldn't want want it either. Forget the Tuskegee experiment. Our boys are affected with autoimmune disease at a higher rate due to these needles. Mm -hmm. 
we don't trust the shit because nothing that's come out, come out of Big Pharma has ever been good for us. White folks are finally realizing it now when they started that heroin epidemic. Yeah. Big Pharma started that. Nothing good comes from that. We're not stupid. That's the thing. They think we're stupid. Yeah. And that's why we're not going to get this medicine. We're not getting the medicine because we don't trust y'all. We don't trust it. It's not even FDA approved. And I don't trust right. the FDA. So what you mean? What you mean? I'm going to trust it. I'm not going to trust that the FDA. And you still ain't got an FDA approved. And I don't trust the FDA. Are you out your mind? But again, they think we stupid. They think, oh, we're not going to get it because maybe we don't know how to use a computer. Then you got the fools that come and defend them and says they were talking about old folks. So what you tell me is only all white folks not use a black community and old black folks don't not use a computer. It's the same racism, different age group. Right. Well, also, like anyone when... familiar with? Oh, I'm sorry. Anyone familiar with the history of this country would not accept a vaccine from the government at any point. Just yeah, look what they did it. with the Spanish flu. Yeah, that's right. Spanish that's flu hit. Experiment. Well, when it's when the, no, I'm sorry, the the swine flu, the swine yeah. flu hit America. I want to say 1973. I can't remember the 60s. I can't remember. Um, it hit America. Very few isolated cases. And uh, this happened actually on a, on a military base. This was isolated on the military base. What did the United States government do? They said, oh, let's give everybody vaccines. Come to find out, in hindsight, the swine flu never even left the military base. And the people who caught swine flu were the same people who took the, va- the uh, vaccine. Hmm. Yeah. This is the swine <laughs> flu history. And then he had to send uh, settlements to those folks. Yeah. Well, it's like I I really appreciate talking to people who have a different past and different history and different experience than I do. Because like when uh, George Floyd, uh, when that when that was all happening, when he was murdered, um, I had a couple of my friends on and I was just asking, you know, what what am I missing from not that in particular, but in general, what am I missing? And a guy, uh, Thaddeus Preston, he was telling me that even a couple of years ago, he was working in his garage with the garage door open and a cop just walked up to, to see if every everything was okay to make sure he belonged there. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, what that, I mean, I know that that would never happen to me. Mm. Exactly. Because they're programmed to believe we're dangerous. Yeah. That's, all, that's the only thing that, that, that they see in the media. Our likeness has been destroyed through media and Hollywood. Yeah. So people have this perception of us. Somebody said my artwork offered me $100 for the vax. See what I'm saying? Anytime the government trying to pay you to do something, man, you should probably walk the other direction and say mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Well, it's like they were they were talking about how uh, they, it hasn't come through, and I don't think they've mentioned it officially. But there was talk about tying the stimulus package in with you having to take the vaccine to get it. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. Wow. That's the my body, my choice, but not with the vaccine. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't trust any of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, well. It- Go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, it's interesting, like all the all the other medications take eight, nine, 10, 25 years to make it to the market. Hmm. But suddenly Moderna can come up with a vaccine in six to eight months and make it to the market. And I'm supposed to believe that it's safe. 
didn't you spend all this time telling me that we can't have these life-saving medications because they're not safe and they haven't yet been tested? I mean, uh, it's kind of crazy <laughs> that they just uh, came out with this vaccine all at the same time, Moderna and um, I don't know what the other company was, uh, but they came, they all at the same time, Pfizer. The finish line, Pfizer, thank you, all at the same time they come up with this vaccine. And within this eight month span, and I'm told, you know, this is going to be completely safe. Well, I don't trust it. I'm sorry. I know too much history to trust something that was rushed to market like that. No the way. funny thing is the the patent was filed July 23rd, 19, uh, 2015, July, 20, July 23rd, 2015 by the Peerbright Institute, who is partially funded by Bill Gates. They had filed a patent that was for a coronavirus vaccine that may be used on humans filed. Patent number EP three one seven two three one nine B one. So when you say how they roll this this thing out, man, yeah. they've been waiting. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't put I don't put it past them. I don't put any of that past them. Yeah. <laughs> Not with what I've it. heard over the last few years. I don't put anything past them anymore. But the thing is, the coronavirus. Are we live on YouTube right now? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, I can't say that. Yeah, but I'm well, not monetized, so well, don't worry about it. Well, it's a common cold. The common cold used to be, um, used to be, I'm saying, in fact, um, sometimes synonymous with a coronavirus, yeah. which is why they had to name this one COVID-19, mm-hmm. right? So when you... Back in the day, you got a common cold. They don't write common cold on the paper. They would write infected with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So when you say, you know, how do you come up with a vaccine? It's like, well, that should be rather easy. I'm sure they've been working on it for the coronavirus. But what we have is a messenger RNA vi- um, vaccine. Yeah. It's a very different type of vaccine, right? Right, right. Um, yeah. The programming the 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 programming of the um rna through communication through the cytoplasm which then communicates with the dna back through the cytoplasm back to the rna which has the potential they say very slim but has the potential to alter your dna um elon musk talks about this he said if i wanted to i could just turn you into i think he said like i could turn you to a cow or something like that i forget what animal he chose <laughs> fuck you elon know. <laughs> you know just by altering your dna yeah when, he, when you look at um uh, america's first line doctors mm-hmm. america's first line doctors had have done a symposium recently beautiful beautiful hour-long lecture uh the doctor, a female doctor, I forget her name, I can't recall right now. She hangs with uh, Stella Emanuel, Dr. Stella Emanuel, the African doctor. Mm-hmm. Who they crapped on so hard. Yeah, black lives didn't matter then. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but they did a, a wonderful talk on this. I, I suggest everybody go watch. I believe they have a website. Um, I forget what the website is, but go listen to America's Frontline Doctors. There's some very interesting things to say about this subject. Okay. I will do. I will take that advice. I do think what you mentioning, what was the name of the the doctor from Africa? Uh, Stella Emanuel. 
I do think that that goes to show uh, a lot of what you've been talking about and how they, because they didn't just attack her because of medicine or anything she did medically or anything she said scientifically. It was like, oh, hey, you know, she comes from this place and they talk about something completely unconnected yes. just to demean her personally. Yes. And it, it and it, it did like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it did seem to be things that were tied to blackness. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And so I very much see your point. Yeah. Um, did I say that correctly? America's frontline doctors? Or did I say frontline doctors. Yeah, frontline. Just yeah. want to make sure I got that correct so they could uh, get their due credit because um, very important information um, yeah. they put out recently. And I just want to make sure people get to the right spot. Well, they uh, also yeah. attacked the fact that she was a spiritual believer, which is something that they, they cannot stand. The elites of this country, if you, that's why the Hasidic Jews in New York were attacked so viciously by the media is because they care about their God more than they care about the state. And oh, yeah. so that was an important aspect of why I think she was attacked is because she's a spiritual believer. And that doesn't yeah. go with the cult of science. If you have no God, the state becomes your God. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or you absolutely. can put science up as a God as well. I've seen a lot of people do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since that's filtered through the state, it all ends up at the state anyway. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, we're all canceled now. <laughs> um, but no, I uh, I appreciate you coming on here, Mr. Hotep Jesus. I, I've i wanted to talk to you for a while because I do admire and respect what you do. Yeah. I, I, I love seeing you work online. I love seeing all that. And uh, uh, so, yeah, thank you for coming on here and adding to my story because that's oh, what yeah. you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and, and and for being a mirror when I need it. So, um, yeah. With that, um, since we're getting close to two hours, usually people try to stop it at this point for some reason. So <laughs> I was um, about to call it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um. So before we go, I mean, I know that you can find everything you do, all of your writings, connections to all of your. Uh, tech startups on briansharp.co yeah and you're on twitter at hotep jesus yeah um is there anything else that you're excited about that you'd want people to check out with your name on it oh uh, just get on my email list uh, so you can um briansharp.co brian with a y sharp with an e b-r-y-a-n-s-h-a-r-p-e.co get on my email list that's where i send my correspondence and memorandums and that's where you'll find out about my upcoming book on U.S. history, which is going to be very interesting. And, hmm. uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, mandatory read for all patriots. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. When you, when you, I'm definitely going to read that. And, and yeah. hopefully I've made a good enough impression to have you talk about it and come back on someday in the future. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll talk about um, it. We'll yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and also, you have two podcasts. You have... Uh, sh- the sharp sharp conversations with Hotep Jesus, mm-hmm. and uh, Hotep's been told you mm-hmm. with Uncle Hotep. Mm-hmm. Um, you've you've done you do so much, and I, that always impresses me. Um, who was the? I, there was the uh, Mike Meharry is a guy that has been in my group. He works with the Tenth Amendment Center, and it's like trying you and him. You two are the most difficult to actually do an intro on because you do so much 
Mm. And so I, I, I appreciate that you don't just talk, you're putting the work into it. So mm. again, thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you for um, becoming a part of our little story. Um, I'm going to go ahead and if it's cool with you, do you mind if I announce our next fun guest with, through my little video? I made a special video for yeah. our, for our next guest and I'd love to play it for you if you want to see it. Oh, you asking me? Yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> yeah, man, I I, re I respect you enough to go. Hey, can I take a little of your time? Oh no, do your thing. Let's look at it. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. This is America. Rebellion is in our DNA. Defiance is our resting bitch face. This country wasn't built by the well-respected and the elite. It wasn't stodgy old men and Puritans that created this beautiful hellscape. This country was built by hookers and scalawags. It was built from the bottom up and culture is created in the margins. For some reason, when I invited Thaddeus Russell to come on the show, he said yes. Join us as we talk to the man who bucked both the system and the WASP-approved narrative to bring us the renegade history of the United States. So yeah, Tuesday, March uh, 23rd, 10 p.m., we're going to have Thaddeus Russell on, which, by the way, that conversation you had with him about not centering white people was like a revelation to me. I was like, you know, I know Thaddeus that I'm just is my white brother, person. right? I, yeah, it, your brother. Is he hot up? my brother. Is he hot up? Yeah. <laughs> Thaddeus Russell, that's my, that's, my, that's my brother, man. It was so I funny because, that. like, I lucked out. Uh, when I asked you and you were like, let's do it. And then I just did the same thing with, uh, with Thaddeus. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so I'm like, you got to shoot your shot. Never know. Hey, man. Sure. That's right. Well, that's the thing. Like the goal is to, to get malice to uh, agree for our hundredth okay. episode. <laughs> that's a, that's a tougher yeah, task, like, but yeah, <laughs> good luck. I, I got a not no when I talked to him about it before. Mm. So, that's okay. that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it so was it was really great to talk to you. I I really was. enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, to do the the boring stuff, if you want to find me, go on Twitter and go to at Cam Harless. If you want to find our website, wearethemadones.com. Our locals community only two dollars per month to talk shit with me and Jessica. Themadones.locals.com. Uh, we have shirts. And honestly, now I want to try to make one that that alludes to this episode because I felt like <laughs> I learned so much. Um, <laughs> uh, but beyond that, if you if you want to find Jessica, go to at Soup Canarchist on Twitter. Check out her lovely watercolor paintings on uh, Instagram at Sovereign Cookies Art, and you know how to find us. So thank you again, uh, Hotep Jesus, for joining us on this show, and. Uh, as always, to all of you people out there watching, live the life you want to live how you want to live it.